welcome to Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, highlighting the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. I'm Son Edom, alongside somebody who is still hungover <laughs> from a month-long celebration of a quarantined birthday. Yes. Tara Hokshiro. Hey guys, how are you? Welcome back. So, uh, you still celebrating your birthday? Not really. Kind of. Kind I mean, of? it's it's one more day, right? Last right. day of my birthday month. So right. I need to take advantage of the celebration and... Well, I think that was the rule. If, yes. if your birthday falls within the quarantine, yes, then you can celebrate it for the month because the month. you're celebrating pretty much by yourself. <laughs> that is true. So you have to make up for all the that parties that you true. missed because yes. you're doing it pretty much you know by yourself. Yes, yes. So cheers, cheers to cheers. me, cheers to my happy birthday month. Happy birthday. Okay. <laughs> hey, so uh, another milestone, which to some might not be that much of a milestone, but for us it is. This is actually our 25th episode. This is our silver anniversary yeah. episode. Seems like 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> coming this far are you that tired of me <laughs> i feel we like do, well, we 25 do a, years together well we do it pretty much once a week is the uh idea behind it there might have been a week or two in there so it's actually been 25 weeks it has uh, started back in october and the story goes okay this is how it came about because we often get asked how the podcast came about how do you know each other? You know, those type of questions. So we thought we'd just take a moment and just kind of give you a little bit of our background so that you kind of have an understanding of where we kind of come from. And some people think we've known each other for a long time, which really isn't true. Um, we've known of each other for a while, but really just our interaction has mm -hmm. been very you know, 25 weeks. And so um, I was working at a radio station, uh, the Frank Sontag Show, for some of you you may know the name Frank Sontag. He used to work on the Mark and Brian radio program, a radio show out here in Los Angeles, highly successful radio show in Los Angeles for many mm -hmm. years. And then when the Mark and Brian program went away, Frank got his own uh, radio show on a station, and now he does his own radio show. Um, and so uh, I was working his radio show as a producer. Mm -hmm. And he hands me this book and wants me to check it out as uh, to see if it would be, you know, worthy of having the guests on the show to talk about the book. And that's where you came in because <laughs> you were the author of the book. <laughs> I'm so glad it was worthy. <laughs> and so I looked it over and I said, yeah, let's, let's get them on. It'll be good. It'll be a good story. And so you and Bob came in and did the interview and that was pretty much it. We, we, I think maybe you and I had talked once to set up the interview mm -hmm. and then you guys came in and that's mm -hmm. when we officially met. And this was like, two, three, four years ago, even it's been a while. Mm -hmm. And so then after that, we connected on social media and that was pretty much it. And so then I was actually on the show twice. Did you, do you remember that? Yeah. You know, I might've missed that second time because there were some days that I weren't there. Mm. Was I there twice? I think you were there. I, I, ma I made a very good impression on you the second yeah, time. Yeah, you did. So yes, you were there. And so, okay. So I don't, what was the second time for my second book? Oh, so you were on for both books. I was. Wow, look at you. I was. So then you uh, came on twice. I don't remember that, but that's okay. It was a long, <laughs> long time ago. The more important thing is the now. No, it's okay. So you came on twice. And so that's how we met. So we met through the radio show. And then fast forward to about a year, almost a year and a half ago, uh, we're connected on uh, social media and you started doing these videos on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And you can maybe tell a little bit about the uh, the videos if you want. But uh, I see you do these videos. And I was doing an audio kind of podcast with a guy from Nebraska that I still kind of do some conversations with. And that kind of fizzled out 
because the summer distance, things like that. And so I decided that I had this vision to do what we're doing now is this podcast, but I needed somebody that was local that we could do it in person because of the video aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And I wanted somebody that was opposite as far as, um, I don't like people that always, always, always have the same mindset and the same, I agree. I agree because it's good to have different perspectives and, and right. different, uh, ideas and, and different arenas that you learn in because we want to bring different things to the table. And so as you were doing these, uh, videos on character and stuff and, and even the, you know, no hair, no makeup, don't care type of stuff, you know, I was thinking that, well, oh, maybe this might be somebody who could fit that person that I was looking for in a co-host. And so then eventually when it came about last September or so, uh, September of 2019, in case this is way down in the future, you find this, um, I reached out and I said, Hey, I'm interested in doing this podcast. Do you want to do it with me? I've seen your videos on Instagram and thought, you know, it'd be kind of a cool uh, setup that we would be able to complement each other and have good dialogue, good conversations. And, you know, we had the experience of life because we're a little bit older. And so I thought it'd be kind of a good fit. And she said, yes. So was it easier to say yes to me or the marriage proposal from your husband? I was going to say, <laughs> he gave me his rose. Yeah. And so, uh, yes, the bachelor at became the bachelor of the show. No. And so, um, and so then, uh, so we talked once to ask you to do the show. I think we might've talked a second time about the first show. And then the third time we actually did the first show. And then ever since then, we've, you know, just kind of connected maybe once a week and then do the show. And so the show came together really not unexpectedly, but there wasn't a lot of history behind you and I before mm -hmm. doing the show. No. Now we've got way too much history yeah. <laughs> in the short time. No, but so that's how it came, kind of came about. And so then the idea that Tara came up with was to have this, have this, uh, concept that, you know, we're just a couple of steps ahead of people in life. Cause at the time I was teaching at a community college and we thought maybe the community college kids would be the idea of our target audience, people that we could talk to, you know, we're just a couple of steps ahead of you in life. These are the stuff, pitfalls, hurdles, obstacles that we've gone through, stepped in, avoided, maybe succeeded over. Here's our successes in life. And maybe you can learn something from us so that you can either replicate the successes, uh, the successes we've had or maybe avoid the pitfalls that we've gone through. And so that's kind of been the idea behind the show. And then mm -hmm. it's kind of evolved from there. But in a nutshell, that's kind of how the show came about was just, uh, uh, I get handed a book from Frank, who then wants me to check this out to see if it would be a good uh, fit for the show. And so she came on the show with Bob at the first time. And I guess you came on, you were you alone the second time, solo yes. the second time? Yes. And so it came a second time. And then that kind of led to this. So it's kind of Interesting, yet not ironic, that, you know, one thing led to another, and that's mm -hmm. where we're at here today. Mm -hmm. And uh, 25 shows later, mm -hmm. uh, we're still, still here, and it's funny because we talk about the obstacles. <laughs> Even doing the shows, especially in lockdown and yeah. quarantine, have become obstacles, but yet we're still persevering, and, uh, and so far, so good. Are we, uh, we're like, what, three feet? <laughs> six feet somewhere. <laughs> Five o'clock somewhere, six feet somewhere. We're six feet apart, just not at the moment, but we're pretty close. <laughs> yeah. But so anyway, so that's, uh, that's kind of how the genesis of the show came. And so yeah. far it's been, it's been pretty good. And I think it's been, it's been interesting because we've covered a lot of topics. We've covered a lot of things and I think it's had an impact on some people. Mm -hmm. You know, to go back just a hair to what you said, um, so people don't miss this because we have covered, um, covered this in multiple podcasts, but the fact that you saw something that I was doing on Instagram and the first conversation 
was to invite me to do the podcast. Our second conversation in life was the logistics of, hey, let's meet next week at this time and we'll record. And then the third conversation in life was recording the actual podcast. That is pretty much how we've rolled ever since, which I don't want to miss that for people listening because you are the type of person that just moves forward. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. And and I'm thinking we should have a plan. We should have a structure, structure. We should have a strategy. We should, you know, have like meetings. We should, you know, plan all these things out. And so we're coming at it from, well, get, obviously guess who won because we started recording and there was no plan, right? So I, I didn't win, but I have a tendency to get stuck and I have a tendency to, to really try and think things out, which is not a bad thing. And doing it the way, you know, you're just like, let's just do it. You know, let's just move forward is not a bad thing either. It's just that we are different in the way that we roll. And it does make sometimes for interesting conversation. I'm really excited for next week's conversation. Um, actually, because we do have opposing um, views on the topic. So make sure you turn in next week, tune in next week. But the way that we have come together and the way we have pretty much learned about each other on the podcast and we have gotten to know each other on the podcast and, and we have these real and raw conversations in front of the listener and in front of you guys. And that's kind of the uniqueness of the show. Now, should we do a little more planning? Maybe (laughs) there are times when we could have some notes that might help us out, but the whole point is to have a conversation that is, is that is real, that is not planned, that is not, okay, when I say this, you say this and let's get the laugh or let's, this is very um, just us and we bring our own personalities to it and we play off of each other and I think that as we move along, that has worked and I think will even work work better even more in the future. Well, the idea behind it was something along the lines that we're sitting down at a coffee shop, maybe a bar, and you're having a conversation. Mm-hmm. But instead of having these just kind of fly-by-night conversations about petty things of the world, mm-hmm. although the more you drink, the more serious the conversation <laughs> tends to get, at least at the bars. Um, it was that type of thing, you know, because you don't really, if you're going to get together with some friends, you don't sit down and script out what you're going to write right. when you talk to, the, to your friends. So, right. you know, so the, the, the take or the, the perspective of the show and the approach was a little different from the mm-hmm. standpoint, hey, let's just get together and have a conversation about mm-hmm. this topic, that topic, because mm-hmm. it just is more genuine, I think. Right. And the reactions are genuine. And like you said, part of the reason why I wanted to kind of go with someone like you was because you come from, let's plan, <laughs> let's do all this stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, no, let's just do it. Yeah. And I think the balance has been kind of nice because there's been times where we needed that. Mm-hmm. And you've come up with some great things like the slogan and uh, the concept of that being two steps ahead. And mm-hmm. And then I'm the one that's like, let's just keep going, keep going, you know, and expanding it into Mm -hmm. other platforms and stuff. So I think the dynamic has come together. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing, too, that is if you want to have a a lesson in this is the fact that sometimes you just have to do things and put it out there. Mm -hmm. Because I know you were kind of one that's always, I don't want to say self-conscious, but self-conscious about Mm -hmm. how things are. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think you've mentioned that many times Mm -hmm. uh, in different shows that, you know, you are concerned about the um, reception of what you do. Um, you know, I know you mentioned in the past that on your Instagram videos, you might have one or two likes, but there was the persistency of continuing to do it and not getting discouraged and not letting one or two likes versus a hundred to 200, the difference, you know, change and, and give up, 
you right. know? And I think there's lessons to be learned there too, because out of that one or two likes out of those videos came this. Mm -hmm. And so if people are out there doing something and you think, well, I'm not having an impact on anything or it's not reaching the people that I want it to reach, or it's not as big, you know, there's times where people are going to hear something and they're going to see what you do, but they're not going to ever let you know that. But the impact you have on someone's life is going to be huge and you may never know that. So right. instead of just giving up and being, okay, whatever I'm doing isn't working, it might be, you just might not know about it. Right. And there was a, that just reminded me of a, a post that I saw um, last week on Instagram. I think it was Lisa Turkhurst, but don't quote me on that. I, and I can't pull it up because my phone is being used uh, for part of the recording of this podcast. So I can't look it up, but from what I remember, it said something like Lisa Turkhurst is a, she's a Christian author. She sold um, tons and tons of books. Um, and she said something about that her first book um, wasn't published or that they didn't want to publish her book. The first 10 Bible studies that she led only had seven women in them. And now she speaks to thousands and thousands and has a platform of, you know, thousands and thousands. And, and she listed several different things that, um, that have, that could have held her back. She could have looked at that as, okay, this isn't working. So I'm just going to, obviously this isn't the right path. And what I appreciate about you on this podcast and just moving forward is that we do have some differences, but we do have the same philosophy that if you want to make something better, you have to just start doing it. And that hesitation of, oh, it's not good enough yet. So I'm not going to put it out there yet. Um, it will never be good enough until you put it in front of people and allow people to respond to it. Then that's when you really start getting better and upping your game, you know, based on that feedback, you don't want to give too much credence to the feedback because, you know, five stars doesn't mean that we're perfect. And one star doesn't mean that we're terrible, but, um, we do, we do have to practice putting it out there in order to be better. And a lot of people miss that. And so, um, and it's hard. I mean, how many times have I texted you like the night before the podcast is supposed to launch pretty probably weekly. Right. And I'm like, Oh shoot, I don't think we should post that one. It's, and you're like, no, we don't edit. We don't go back. We don't, we're moving forward. And I'm like, Oh no. But so then out of a courtesy, he sends me the audio version so I can listen to it and prepare myself. And then I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. He's like, I, you're <laughs> it's never as bad as what you think it's going to be. <laughs> But, but I, it's, I, I, on a regular basis, I'm, I'm, and then the guy that commented on TikTok on one of our videos, I was literally like, my heart was beating out of my chest. Turned out to be a very nice compliment. You yes, know, was. he was very gracious, but, as, but as, I was like, <gasps> oh no. See, that's the other thing too is, so there's all kinds of media platforms out there. And of course the biggest one right now is TikTok and TikTok. If you go through it, if you're familiar with it, then you know what I'm talking about. If you're not familiar with it, basically it's a platform, a video based platform where you lip sync or lip talk to different audio bites or sound bites. Um, and so a song will play and people do different dance moves. Um, if you want to see my dance moves, you can go back to our, uh, Super Bowl <laughs> show and you can see my dance moves, but they'll do their dance moves to music or their lip talk to some sort of, uh, verbiage that's on there. Like, you know, board in the house. Cause I'm in the house board was a big one. Or there was one about the beauty button where you press the beauty button and you go from ugly to beautiful. And so you lip talk this. 
And so um, what I do is I just put stuff on there that has nothing to do with the platform itself. So if you went to my TikTok page, it has nothing to do with me dancing or anything like that. I just put stuff up there. And for me, the thinking was it's just another platform to reach people, Mm -hmm. to put something out there so they can see what we're doing. And people would give me blowback. They'd be like, that's not the platform for it's not going to work. Don't do it. And if you go to a previous podcast, I've always talked about life in a box. Society likes to put us in a box and we live in this box. For example, this thing back here, our two steps ahead banner, we live in that box, but yet that banner is on a wall and the brick wall is bigger than the banner. And so why not use the whole banner or the whole chalkboard or the whole blackboard and not just live in the box and get outside the box and live your life the way you want to. And so that's what I was doing with TikTok. I'd ignore the naysayers and I'd still put stuff up there and some post reached somebody who then listened to an episode and he needed to hear that at that time because it resonated to him. And then he went on and uh, made a video on TikTok saying that, you know, this impacted his life, which we thank you very much. We appreciate that. Um, and that's what it's about. It's not about necessarily, although we're all like, you just, like you like you used I think they think the term is narcissistic, but like you like to put it diva. So we'll go with the diva. So we all like to have that. You know, we all like, that's why we do TikTok. That's why we do these platforms. We want people to see us. Right. But also what kind of impact are we having on others? It could be entertainment. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always have to be something, you know, profound, mm-hmm. but are we having a, an impact on somebody? And that's what it was. It was finding a platform that was kind of out of the box thinking that isn't traditional mm-hmm. that impacted somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's about. It's about impacting people that we do. I think in our last podcast, we talked about, you know, just helping people in our lockdown. You know, do we have to take the last roll of toilet paper off the shelf? (laughs) Do we have to have more patience and understanding? You know, people have been yelling at people about not wearing masks. Okay. My initial reaction would be, you know, back off lady, leave me alone. But no, maybe she has an anxiety towards something. And if I have a little bit more patience and a little bit more understanding, I'm not going to have a knee jerk reaction back to her. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, it's all these life lessons that come about and, and that we can learn from, but then it's also how do we take those life lessons and impact somebody else? Because we might just have a moment in time and that moment is the only time we have to impact them. Mm -hmm. And so how is that? Are they going to remember us for something that we did that was positive Mm -hmm. or something that we did that was negative? And I'm, that, that is another, I mean, we're, we're on the same page on, on many things. And that's another commonality that we have is that, um, we want to make a difference and we want to make an impact, but, and I personally struggle with the whole social media thing because it's really nice to get those accolades. It's really nice to get those, um, likes. And I, there's this trap, you know, because they, um, there have been multiple news reports that it's an adrenaline rush. Like when we look at a picture of ourselves, it's an adrenaline rush and we, we get that same um, kind of feeling, you know, from a drug or whatever, and it makes us feel good. And so it's addicting. And a lot of the platforms, a lot of the apps on our phones are specifically designed to keep us addicted to that. Right. And so we're constantly looking to see like, what is the best picture that we can post of our life or of ourselves and kind of create this persona on life, you know, that we're, everything is okay. And, and we, post the best pictures of our vacation, the best pictures of our kids and of ourselves. And I, you know, I don't know if that's good, bad or otherwise. I see a lot of things on social media that I want to be a part of the solution and not part of the problem. There's a lot of arguing going on. There's a lot of pointing fingers going on between different beliefs and viewpoints. 
And I just decided I want to be part of the solution. And so it's a struggle for me because I'm constantly questioning like, okay, am I posting this because I want personal validation and I'm feeling sad or depressed today and I need a little bit of a pick me up. So I post a nice picture of myself and then people like it and I'm like, okay, I feel better now. Am I doing it for that reason? Or is everything I'm posting pointing people um, away from me towards God, towards hope, towards, you know, something that we can actually use. I'm not into like kumbaya, like, oh, let's just think positive. But, you know, there are things that we can do to make our lives better, to be better people, to um, provide inspiration, you know, because we're struggling with moving, you know, forward to the next step and we need to see something that will help us move along. So, you know, I try, I don't always succeed, but I try really hard to whatever it is that I post on social media, either I'm promoting some buddy's stuff or I'm um, giving, you know, information or quotes or something that might make somebody's day better. That is my hope that when they come across my stuff on social media, that it might just make part of their day better. See, what I like to do is I like to scroll through and if I see a picture that's really cool and I want to like it, I'll see how many likes it already has. And if it has like 500, then I'll just pass on. And if I see somebody that has a picture I really like and has two or three, then I'll make sure I like it. Give them extra likes. <laughs> it's like charity. It makes me feel good. Right? No. So that they feel the extra right. love. So the extra love. Because I think of you, I'm like, oh, Tara only had two likes and felt bad. So this girl only has four likes. I'm going to give her five. So she has an extra like. No, but it is. It's, it's a validating thing. And if we take social media away, where's our value? Where's mm -hmm. our worth? Oh, is it in that? Right. I go through cycles. There's times where I'm posting stuff because I want to be a diva and I want people to like it. Mm -hmm. Then there's times I'm posting stuff because I just feel creative and it's mm -hmm. a creative outlet. That's mm -hmm. kind of the process I'm going through right now with uh, my Instagram is I'm just kind of in a creative process and I'm trying different things and trying to post pictures that are creative and maybe uh, fun and and different things. Mm -hmm. And then there's other times where it's like, I'm just going to try stuff. I mean, I put stuff up there that I thought, okay, in two hours, I'm going to take it down because it's just going to flop, but mm -hmm. I want to try, mm -hmm. you know, and it takes off. Mm -hmm. And then there's other times where it like, yeah, it flopped and two days later, nobody liked it. Mm -hmm. So I take it down. Um, because we always have to get rid of the negative, hide, hide the negative. So wait, you do, you take things down, I'll that, take stuff down. that don't, I'll, I'll if take, they don't get very, very many likes, you'll take it down. Well, yeah, I'll take stuff down that maybe has lots of likes. Because mm. I just kind of, it doesn't feel with the flow mm. or maybe it's just old mm. or maybe I was, it was something for the time. Mm. And then, you know, so I'll take stuff down, even if it's successful and a lot of people like it, mm. I'll take it down too, because I just, you know, um, feel like it. Maybe I didn't like. Interesting. Yeah. I just, it's, to me, there's no, again, there's supposed to be rules with social media, when to post, when's the best time to post. What's the, yeah, you have to have this so flow. Yeah. You have yeah. to have this flow and look. And for a while there, I was kind of doing that. And I actually got a couple compliments from some people saying, Hey, your Instagram page looks really good. And then I'm like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. I'm now, this is just supposed to be fun. Mm -hmm. And so now I just do whatever I want. Uh, I I'm outside the Instagram box and I do whatever I want. And I, in fact, I posted something on Easter. I did an interview with a guy about Easter and it was an audio interview. And I just got a picture off of Instagram. I mean, off of Google. I'm promoting all these places. So, um, you know, that's, you can, you can find us at Google. You can find <laughs> us at Instagram. Just saying, Hey Google. Um, and so, uh, I found this picture and then I created a video with just the picture, a still picture and the audio. And I posted it on uh, Instagram thinking, okay, you know, it probably won't get very many likes. And in fact, I might even lose people. And there was a few people, I think, uh, uh a lot of people that 
either listen to it or listen to it enough to get a, a view. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of shocked and mm-hmm. surprised. And, um, and so you never know. So I like to just put stuff out there. And again, it goes back to kind of a philosophy I have is if I'm going to do something first and foremost, I'm going to do it for me. Mm-hmm. Everything else is secondary. If I like it and I'm having fun with it, I'm going to continue to do it even if there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. I used to do uh, sports play by play on the internet because I was in Nebraska and Iowa doing radio and I was just a sportscaster. And then when I came out to LA, high school sports weren't really getting the coverage that they would get in the Midwest. And so I created this website and I would go to Friday night football and do games on the internet. And I'd take my dad with me and he'd be my statistician and we'd have a lot of fun. And did people listen? Not really. Because either they were at the game Mm -hmm. that were interested or they just didn't know about it, didn't care. Mm -hmm. But I did it for me week in and week out. It was for me because I was having a lot of fun doing it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, eventually it got a little traction and this and that. And it was it was fun to do. But again, it was for me first. Everything else was secondary. Mm -hmm. When I would do baseball games, it was a little better because baseball games were at three o'clock in the afternoon and parents were working. They couldn't get to the game. So it was a benefit. Mm. And so there was a little bit more of a, of a, a response, a positive response, because people needed it because mm-hmm. they could hear little Johnny's, you know, high right. school games where they could go to the games on Friday night football at 730. So anyways, so the point is I do stuff for me first. And then secondary, my hope is that, for example, the podcast I do because I want to, but then I'm hoping that maybe we have an impact on somebody's life mm-hmm. and we can maybe one thing we say or one thing we talk about might help somebody. And and I want to pause there because I don't want people to miss this because if you're just casually listening, it, it might sound as if that is really selfish and it might sound like, um, like, okay, that's just him, you know, floating his own boat. And what does that have to do with anything that what you just said is really important because especially for creative people, writers, singers, any, any type of, you know, artist that, that um, has something in them that they want to create and produce so oftentimes, and the market will tell us this is that in order to be published, whether it's a book or, you know, whether you're a DJ or music or whatever it is in order to be published, you have to find, and if you want to succeed, which we all do, and you want to have a lot of sales, you have to follow the market trends and you have to follow what is um, what's called like a zeitgeist. Like what is, you know, happening like right at the moment that people are really going to flock to right so the tendency is to okay I'm a I'm a writer or I'm a singer or I'm a creator what can I do that will produce a lot of sales and in that scenario if you're only doing that your work at some point becomes inauthentic you're doing it for the sole purpose of getting the sales as opposed to practicing your craft doing it for yourself first practicing your craft, developing your voice, figuring out who you are, figuring out what your passion is, then you have solid foundation to then say, okay, now here's a market trend that I can hop on and I'm already prepared. And a lot of people don't take that initial step because they think it's stupid or they think it's foolish or that's selfish or um, I don't have time for that. I know I can't afford just to do it for myself or they, or the, their self-esteem can't handle Uh, nobody listening to the football game, or maybe there's 10 parents only that listen to it. We have these visions of grandeur that we want to skip from the beginning step of practicing all the way to, um, you know, a million followers or, or being on the bestseller list, you know, on the book. And it doesn't work that way. You don't get to that point 
until you put in the groundwork of first, let me fulfill my soul and see what makes me tick and then figure out like how to do that the best way that I can and practice. And then that's what will propel you forward into, okay, now we can start making some money at it. But a lot of people don't, they don't have the patience for this beginning stage. And, and I've, I've had writers come to me. I used to have um, an editing business called Write With Grace and people would give me their books to do a content edit. And they would come to me and say, oh, it's ready to publish. It doesn't need much. And I would go through it and I'm like, um, no, you're like halfway. <laughs> There's still a ton of work here to do. I'm sorry, but it's not ready to be published, right? So we have these grand visions in our head that we're just going to skip all of that in between stuff. And it just doesn't work that way. So while it sounds selfish on the outside, that is exactly what you should be doing. Were there too many tangential plot lines in those yes. books? Yes. Yeah. There was one. I, I do have an example. I don't know if you, it's not relevant to this, but yes, there were tangential plot lines and all kinds of stuff. And people don't want to hear that. They just want to be successful. They don't want to take the time to practice their craft and to um, make it right. And, and, pr and practicing your craft is putting your soul into it, putting your heart into it, right? So yeah. you're, a, you're a radio DJ at heart. You're a producer at heart. And so if you don't practice that and if you don't figure out what your heart is when you come to the microphone, it's not going to, you can't just skip and say, oh, okay, yeah, I can do that because you haven't figured out you yet. By the way, a tangential plot line <laughs> is a plot line that goes in so many different directions that it can become confusing to the list, to the uh, reader. <laughs> Did you look it up this week? No, I just remember that's oh. something what you told me last uh, last time, <laughs> last week. I said tangential plot lines on the last podcast, yes. and he latched onto that term, and yes. it's been his favorite phrase. It was the word the, of the day, it was and the now it's the word of the, of the month. Yes, his favorite phrase. It's so fun. You know, you mentioned that because <laughs> I, I've been watching a, a series called Breaking the Band, and it's a TV series about these famous uh, bands like Guns N' Roses, Led Zeppelin, Journey, and what eventually, how they start and what eventually leads to their breakup. Mm. And so a lot of the musicians would leave the band and then they go start another band and it's not as successful mm -hmm. and it's not as popular, but they're having fun. Whereas if they were in the original band, mm -hmm. you know, whether it be Journey, Led Zeppelin, Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue, whatever, the, the success and the play was still there and the popularity and the music and they're still playing their instruments and they're still doing okay, but it's not fun. Right. It's, it's, there's issues, there's problems. It's like you said, you're pushing toward this whatever marketing thing or this business format or whatever it is. They leave the band, you know, because ultimately tensions flare and that's the breaking of the band and people leave. And then they form their own bands and they're having so much fun and they're enjoying it. And to them, they're like, this is what music was about for me. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's kind of what you're touching on is like, you know, there's a place in all of us, whatever it is that we're doing, that sure, we have to go out there and do the job that makes the money, mm -hmm. which is hard right now because everybody's losing their job. But then on the flip side, what part of that is fun and enjoyment of what you like to do? Mm -hmm. So for me, doing some of these things, sure, would this, if this was a national talk show, would that be great? Absolutely. Would it be as fun? I would hope so. But I don't know because of all the pressures of having to have the ratings. I mean, when I was producing radio shows, uh, there was always the pressure of ratings. Mm -hmm. You know, you ride the highs. Hey, you know, we're the best sports talk radio show in L.A. this month or this rating book. Next one. Hey, what happened? You guys dropped. Mm -hmm. We didn't change anything. It's the listeners, you know. Right. Uh, the listeners might have changed, you know. 
or management makes decisions that affects things. And so the pressures of doing a show become more difficult to handle because of the demand of outside pressures and outside things that we can't control. Mm -hmm. Whereas doing something like this, you know, we pretty much control everything. We control how we do it. It might not be the best. It might not be the the most polished. Um, It might not be X, Y, Z, but it's fun. We're doing something that we enjoy. At least I am. Hopefully you are. <laughs> Hopefully you guys I'm get something here, out of it. So yes, I am. You know? and, and that's the thing. It's like sometimes we need to find something. And so for me, it's like the musicians that leave the big bands. Would I love to be in the big band? Yeah, but I'm sure there's also issues that come with it. But I'm just the guy in the small clubs playing the music and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And whoever happens to be out there on open mic night, mm-hmm. great. Come on in, be a part of us. If you want to be a continuing fan and follow us on the social medias and subscribe to YouTube at Two Steps Ahead Podcast, <laughs> by all means, you know, you're welcome to join the family. But ultimately, too, it's like, you know, it's, it's, you got to do it for yourself because mm-hmm. if, if, you know, if you're a hairstylist, I think one of the things, because that seems to be the, the going thing right now is, you know, women have been on lockdown so much and these um, beauty salons, I don't know if they're called beauty salons, I don't know what, you, what the politically correct salons, thing is. Yeah. Okay, salons. Um, the salons are on lockdown because they're deemed non-essential, which is kind of interesting because how we feel is pretty important. Mm -hmm. You know, how we look is pretty important. And so they're deemed non-essential, but so these underground salons are starting to open up and people are starting (laughs) to do off book stuff because how we feel is important. You know, how we look is important Mm -hmm. and it makes you wonder. It's like, and so these, these women that are the hairstylists, Mm -hmm. Yes, they're doing it because they need work, but also they're providing a service because they know that in the end, they're making somebody else feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. So when you walk out of the salon, you're feeling good Mm -hmm. and you're feeling confident and you're feeling proud about the way you look. And that's kind of like the artistic side of a hairstylist. Mm -hmm. They are creating something that is making somebody feel good. And that probably makes them feel good about themselves too. It's like a giving part of them. Sure, they're doing it for the money because that's their job, but they're also doing it because they're giving something to somebody else and that makes them feel good. Right. And I think that's one of the reasons why I really appreciate this partnership and really appreciate this podcast because it allows us to do just that. So, I mean, we've joked a lot that I don't have many followers or, you know, many people clicking, you know, like on my stuff, but I really enjoy the self, um, uh, and I, satisfaction, integrity, authenticity, whatever you like, I try to just be real. I try not to sugarcoat. I try not to be like a cheerleader. I try not to be kumbaya. Um, I just like to be real and um, as much as I can without, you know, um, con- you know, I don't want to break people's confidences. You know, I can't do that. But I try to put things out that that are helpful and encouraging. And um, so the podcast is a great vehicle. It's a great way to do that. It's just another avenue to... Um, to say, hey, you know, we're here and there's hope and there's, you know, failing forward and there's all these things, you know, that we do. Plus we get to, you know, laugh and joke and, and talk about things that are um, tense sometimes and, and not so tense other times, but it's a great way. It's just another way um, to build that authenticity, I think, and to move forward and to practice in front of people and to like, okay, maybe that didn't go well. Let's try something different, you know, the next time. Yeah, see, the other thing, too, you know, we've talked about success in the past, and we measure success based on different things. And sometimes we have success that's individual, like mm-hmm. like this is what I want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Then there's the worldly success, which is usually, you know, positioning, uh, wealth, 
possessions, uh, you know, accomplishments, accolades, awards, prizes. And then there's, um, so there's different levels of success based on whatever it is that our criteria of success is. But then there's those people that, you know, they will try to do something and fail or it won't work out. They'll do something and fail. It won't work out. It took you, what, like seven years to write a book, mm-hmm. to write the, the book. Mm-hmm. And so you kept going, you kept going, you kept going. Mm-hmm. But then you eventually got that book published and and then the second there. and then the second one took six months there you <laughs> start go. to finish but you did not give up <laughs> and if you would have given up in those seven years you would have never gotten to book one let alone book yeah. two and yeah. that's what people don't understand is sometimes mm-hmm. what you do you just got to keep going and keep mm-hmm. going especially if you are convicted and mm-hmm. feel good about it and you're mm-hmm. convinced and you know you, you you believe this is what i'm supposed to be doing mm-hmm. because if you give up you might be one step away from success right but because you gave up you don't reach success. Right. Sometimes s- it takes 10 books to get a bestseller. Yeah. Sometimes it takes, you know, a hundred or 200 or a thousand podcast shows to get, you know, to get that one hit, you know, that audience that catapults you, you know, it's no different than a rock band um, playing in dive bars for 10 years until they get discovered. And then all of the sudden, you know, but now they're ready. They've been playing for 10 years and now they're ready to handle it. Yeah, and see that's and that's the other thing too is you know you want to get yourself in a position that no matter what it is that you're doing or want to do, mm-hmm. you're ready for when that opportunity comes. I used to tell students that were in the broadcasting field that I was teaching in at the time that if you think of what your dream job is, and sure you're at the college level right now and you're learning, taking classes, and you might not be ready for your dream job, but are you preparing yourself so right. if the opportunity came and to audition for that dream job, you would be ready? Right. Because you might only have one chance at that opportunity. It might not come again. So are you ready if the opportunity mm-hmm. comes? And I would always preach that. And that could happen in anybody's life, whether you're a musician and you're playing dive bars. And then, the well, I guess it's a little different now. Before, the record executive used to discover you. Mm-hmm. And now you can put yourself on uh, social media and someone might discover you or self-produce your albums mm-hmm. and it catches on. Um, but there's, there's different ways. But are you ready so that when that opportunity hits, you're ready to go. Right. And the, the ready is in the practice in front of people. That's the part that people don't want to hear or do. They, we don't have a tolerance for that. In order to, I think Carrie, I, multiple people, I think I've said it, but I heard Carrie Underwood say it, that in order to get really good at being on stage, you have to get on stage. There's no, there's, you can't, there's no other way in order to write a really good book. You have to write a book and, fa- and, and keep doing it. So the only way to do that, if you have products that you want to sell, if you want to start an online business, you have to start selling them before you think they're perfect. You just have to start doing it because then you're going to get feedback and then you know how to tweak it, how to make it better, how to improve it. And then each you know generation of your product just keeps getting better and better, but it won't keep getting better and better if you hide it and you try to keep it for yourself to let it get better. Um, and then someday all of a sudden it's just going to be ready. It doesn't work that way. And so the tolerance of doing a podcast or selling a product or writing a book that gets very few sales, people think like, oh, that was a flop or, oh, um, you know, someone, I, th- I mentioned this the last time, but someone said something about our podcast and that was just very dismissive because I think she looks on, we're on multiple platforms, but I also post these shows on my Facebook page. And then for some reason on my Facebook page, it gets very little traffic. We get a lot more traffic in the other areas that we are in. So she might have been looking at that and just 
dismissing it like, oh, no one's, you know, so therefore, why are you doing that? Right. Right. Therefore, it must not be good. Therefore, you're wasting your time. They're like, I, you, <laughs> I have no words. Like you can't explain to people like if you want to be greater and if you want to have a bigger impact, you have to start small and you have to be willing to be out there. You, there's just no other way. You have to get in the arena. There's no, and you have to get beat up or you, whatever. There's no other way to, to, to do it except to get out there and do it. That is the only way. And people, people doing it don't have the tolerance for that. And then people watching, like, don't have a, to, they're like, they get the hives like, oh, no one's liking your, your podcast. It must not be going very well. No, it is going very well. It's going very well in multiple places. I don't know why on Facebook. I, I don't I don't have a lot of fans apparently. So, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm not concerned. Like obviously if I was concerned about that, I wouldn't be putting it out there to hear crickets. Like I It reminds me of uh, an episode early on about the and I don't I forgot what you called them, but what comes to mind and I know it's not what you call them, but the boohoo buddies. Yeah. The people that would come and influence your life yes. and be like the negative Nellies. The border bullies. Yep. Border bullies. Yep. And so they're like always telling you negative stuff. Why are you doing that? Why are you mm -hmm. doing that? You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't mm -hmm. do that. And a lot of people have that in their life. And so what you have to also take into consideration is what is the feedback and who is giving you the feedback. Mm -hmm. For example, if you write a book or maybe doing the podcast, people are giving you negative feedback. Well, is it constructive or is it? based because they're jealous, because they wish they had that, they could never achieve something like that. You know, what's the purpose behind the feedback? Is it just negative feedback because they just don't like you? Or is it constructive negative feedback? Like mm -hmm. it really, your product really sucks. Mm -hmm. Versus also the same thing, the, the, the positive feedback. Is it because they're always, yes, 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 that's great, that's great, that's great. Mm -hmm. Or is there some constrictive, uh, constructive positive feedback. Mm -hmm. It's good because it actually really is good, mm -hmm. you know, and others, and other people there that will give you both, mm -hmm. you know, Hey, that's good, but this is bad. And here's the thing about that is that, um, so I told you about that comment last week and we talked about it on the podcast and it really, um, it really unraveled me because it came from someone in my inner circle who I thought was, um, a, you know, an inner circle worthy person. And so it, it rattled me, but then we have to stop and think about it. Like the person did not say, Hey, I listened, I've been listening to your podcast and, and there was no comment, no feedback given based on the content of mm -hmm. what we talked about. There was no discussion about, Hey, I heard you talking about this, or I heard this show, this episode about this topic, and this is how I feel about that. That type of feedback didn't come with the comment. It was just a very dismissive from the outside. And I'm assuming that this person looked at the fact that there were not very many likes on the post and just, that's what she was commenting on. And so to me, that's like, okay, well that comment doesn't count. Now, I mean, at the time it, it was like, right. what? Are you kidding me? Like that was so mean. But then now I'm like, okay, well that doesn't count because they weren't, they didn't listen obviously, or they didn't, if they did, they didn't care to comment on the actual comment. Like, tell me what it is that you're doing or what are you trying to accomplish or what's, there was no feedback as far as like, yeah, I'm, you know, good for you that you're getting out there and practicing and you're trying and you know, that there's nothing like that. It was just very like, you know, just very dismissive. And so 
to me, that was very hurtful because it didn't feel like they actually paid attention to what we were actually trying to do or the message that we were trying to give. So, so my whole point of saying all that is that when we put things out there and we are going to get feedback, positive or negative or neutral, we have to determine, like you said, where is it coming from? And then we have to look at the person and say, okay, now why would this person be so dismissive? What, what, what is in their heart that would cause them to be so dismissive? And then we have to say, um, or overly positive. Sometimes people are overly positive. They're like cheerleaders and, you know, oh, yay for you. And they really hate it. Um, we have to question that as well. But then we also have to say, okay, real feedback. Are they giving real honest to goodness feedback based on what we're doing? Or are they just standing on the outside, you know, neener, neener, neener? And it falls into the neener, neener, neener category. Yeah, that's what they <laughs> it falls into that category. Neener, neener, neener. You're not right. getting enough, you know, in her mind, you know, there wasn't enough traffic on the post that made it worthy enough to do that. And so therefore she dismissed it as like it was unimportant. And so we have to, I think, and we also talked about Brene Brown and she talks about like, the only people that matter are the people that are in the arena with you. Those are the comments that you really want to pay attention to. It's not that they're positive or negative. It's not that they're from aunt Sally or from someone from your inner circle or someone from the outer circle. It's that, are they in the arena getting bumped around too? Are they doing it too? And if they're not, if they're just in a seat watching the arena and throwing popcorn in the arena and cheering when people get, you know, their sword in their chest, well, they don't count because they're not, they're just neener, neener, neener. Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the overly positive comments of my mom anytime. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. She has a pass. But no, you bring up a point because, okay, so we're talking about the receiving end right. of criticism. Right. But what about the giving end? Okay, what what are our motives for yes. giving feedback? What are our motives for criticizing? What are our motives for positive feedback? Mm -hmm. What are our motives for? And when I was teaching... That was the important thing was to give enough positive feedback to let them know the good things they're doing, but also the constructive negative feedbacks to realize that, hey, this is what I need to work on when they're listening. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you just gave them positive feedback all the time, they would only reinforce their negative work, mm -hmm. the bad work that they do. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, here is the constructive criticism of what you need to improve upon. Here is what you're doing that's good. Mm -hmm. Continue to improve in the good get way better in the bad, and then keep pushing forward because you can do this. But when we're giving just outside in the public arena, okay, what are we doing? What's our motivation? Why are we giving certain criticism? Why are we giving certain positive feedback? And that's the other thing we have to realize is because there's going to be somebody on the receiving end of our criticism or what we say, mm -hmm. and how's that going to make them feel? And how, if we don't like it, if we're creative and we put something out there and you get a neener, neener, neener type of comment, well, if we do that to somebody else, we know how that's going to make them feel. Right. So maybe we shouldn't just say anything at all. I don't know. Right. Um, and so there's a lot of times where we need to check ourselves before we say something because what's our motivation behind saying it? Right. Sometimes we want, there's a whole bunch of people that are coming um, or examples that are popping into my mind. And sometimes that motivation is to tear the person down. Because maybe they're jealous, maybe they're um, got something in their life, they don't want you doing that or whatever. But then the flip side, the motivation might be that they want the same type of feedback. And so I know um, a person who um, his love language is words of affirmation. 
And so he will shower people with words of affirmation because he wants to receive that back. He wants the affirmation back. He's also not good at taking honest feedback. Like this is the, there are certain people and there's like three that are popping into my head right now that they only want to hear the good and they're not good at integrating. Like we're all part, you know, half good and half bad. I mean, we just all, we just all have healthy and unhealthy things about us. Right. But there are certain people that only want to hear the good and they can't handle it. So when you give feedback, then they just react in these weird ways because they just don't want. So their, their motive is selfish. Their motive of cheering you on is selfish because they want that in return. They don't want to hear anything else. So it's, we have to pay attention to that feedback. What it is that we're giving, what it is that we're receiving, who is saying it, why are they saying it? What's, how do they roll in general in life? Like, um, it complicates it. And so then you're trying to do something creative. (laughs) You're like, Oh no, this is too much. Like, let me just stop. It's not working. No, it is working. If you go back to, this is what's in my soul. This is how I roll. This is how I process life. Let me do this to be the best version of me. Hopefully it'll resonate with some people in the right you know, audience and it will make a difference. Um, but let me just start there. My love language is beer. <laughs> P.O. Box, LA, California. <laughs> So if I bring you beer, that, that would language. that would yes. be your love language. That's my love language. No, but it's important. And the other thing too is to keep in mind that not everybody is the same. So you might be able to be a little bit more tougher with some people, right? And a little bit more delicate, right? For the delicate flowers out there, right? Um, and so also know your audience as well. But it's important that just again, it goes back to for me the simple things of there might be a moment in time that we only have one moment to impact somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be for the positive, or is it going to be for the negative? Mm-hmm. Now, the positive could be constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? I really like what you did, but this. Mm-hmm. And that's the only moment. So it might be a negative feedback, so to say, you should do this better, mm-hmm. you know, although we don't shoot each other. But, you know, but is it a positive, uh, is it a positive influence on them? And so that's what, what I think it comes down to for me is if we have a moment in time to have a positive influence on somebody, and especially in the times that we're going through now, because again, there's so many different mentalities, mm-hmm. thought processes, mm-hmm. experiences, you know, some people have their jobs and it's like whatever, and other people are out of work and they're panicking because rent, it's almost the first of the month as of this taping. And where's rent coming from? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, bills are packing up. I know me personally, I've got a car insurance bill that keeps escalating uh, because I don't, I don't drive my car. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why am I paying this? But it keeps going up and up because for whatever reason, it keeps going up and up. I don't know why. I got to talk to my insurance company. <laughs> uh, so if you got an insurance company, you want a new client, <laughs> PO Box, LA, California. Um, no, but so there's, there's things that we're navigating. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people are under pressure and a lot of stress right now. Mm-hmm. Even take away the situation of the pandemic that we're going through in daily life before, you know, think about some of the things. I remember the holidays, you know, there's a lot of depression that goes on during the holidays because that's when people remember their loved ones that were lost the most. Mm-hmm. So this coming holiday, we could be done and clear and free and back to normal. But come this holiday, imagine all the people that are going to be depressed and sad because they're not spending the holidays with somebody because of what we're going mm-hmm. through right now. Yeah. Or even the summer. 
And 60,000 people have died mm. so far as of this taping. And the other thing too, think about it. Okay, I lost 50 pounds, 60 pounds before this, uh, this uh, virus kicked in. And I've been watching some of the videos and you know, I'm gaining my COVID-19. I think I'm up to 16 or 17. <laughs> and a lot of it has to do with beer um, and, 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 and energy drinks. But it's because I'm not on the same routine, the same thing. And so when we all bust out of this, and again, the memes are hilarious because you got all these like hairy, fat women busting out of their cars, hitting the beach and whatever. And, you know, it's going to be a different world. But are we going to be mean and be like, hey, we shouldn't do it anyways. But are we going to be mean and, and, and body shame people and, and be critical because we don't like the way they look? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to realize, you know what, we can take what we've gained and we can work it off mm-hmm. and we can lose that, mm-hmm. you know? And then there's others that are like it hasn't affected them, you know, like you, you doesn't look like you've gained any weight. So maybe, but there's maybe some other aspect of this lockdown that's bothering you or it's mm-hmm. affecting you. Mm-hmm. So for me, it might be, I'm gaining weight, even though I worked so hard for many years or months to lose it, mm-hmm. I'm putting it back on. But for you, maybe there's something else that's, you know, afflicting you during this time that is going to be hard and an adjustment. And people have to realize that, okay, you know what, she's going through something during this too. Mm-hmm. And we have to take that into consideration. So it's kind of like the, you don't know what a person's going through unless you walk a mile in their shoes type right. of thing. And right. so we have to have an understanding of what people are going through and maybe react a certain way. And then also, like you mentioned, if we're criticizing people, how is it going to feel if we gave ourselves that criticism? Mm-hmm. And just remember, people are valuable. People have worth. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're a homeless person on the street or it doesn't matter if they're, you know, in Shangri-La. People have value, people have worth, Mm -hmm. and we need to be able to treat them with the same amount of respect as long as they're worthy of it. And and our words come from our heart. Mm -hmm. Like whatever's inside of us comes out. And so when people are overly critical or overly bitter or overly, you know, dismissive or whatever, I always stop and think, wow, that must be, they must have something poisonous inside of their heart in order to talk that way, in order to behave that way, in order to treat people that way. You have to have a self-respect first. And if you don't respect yourself in a lot of ways, or if you don't give yourself a break, you know, a lot of people are so are perfectionistic and they just can't give themselves a break. Well, then they're not going to give other people a break either. They're going to hold other people to that same high standard. So whatever is in us, we can't really hide it. It comes out in our words. And we have to take that into consideration when we hear people speaking in a way. It's like, wow, where is that coming from? Well, there's gunk in the system that hasn't been cleaned out. They haven't had an oil change recently. (laughs) Because it's a (laughs) non-essential. Right? Right. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, we have to take, we have to take everything with a grain of salt and learn to analyze, you know, be self-aware first, what we ourselves are doing and then also um, have some empathy for other people, what other people are going through as well. And the other thing too, as we kind of wrap things up here is that, you know, our time here on earth as we are learning and hopefully through this, another life lesson is not to take life for granted. Mm -hmm. Uh, People are starting to realize, and I'm seeing it on social media, that they're appreciative. Like, I can't wait to see my family again. I can't wait to see my friends again. I can't wait to see because I've missed them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so we sometimes take for granted the things that we have in life, whether it be people, relationships, whether it be things. And so that's the other thing we have to keep in mind is we don't know how long our time here on earth is. And so we need to take advantage and make the most of each and every moment that we're here mm-hmm. because no one last Christmas, as we were celebrating with family and friends would have ever thought that we would lose a loved one to a virus, a mm-hmm. COVID virus, like mm-hmm. this virus that's going through. So the 60,000 people, mm-hmm. there's 60,000 
so far. Yeah. People yeah. that whose families are affected by this and they never thought this would have happened. Mm-hmm. So we don't know how long our li- our time here on earth is, uh, how long we're going to be alive. So we should take and make the most of each and every moment and be as uh, positive as we can, but take the, make the most of each moment because we don't know when that time or our time here is going to be up. Mm-hmm. That is just so true. And, and it's hard in a, in a middle of a crisis to make the best of every moment because we get so caught up in the weeds. And I don't mean to say that um, to be flip about that because when people are, don't have jobs and they can't put food on the table and the rent is due, the insurance is due, the medical um, prescription bills are due. Um, it's stressful. It's really, really stressful. And, and that becomes like the main, you know, focus in our lives. And so it's very difficult, but as much as we can, you know, God is bigger than all of that. When we look at at the view from his perspective, when we look at the view from the macro, from the 10,000 foot level, it's easier to not panic when we have that bigger view. And when we have that God view of things that, um, there, there are resources there, there, there is mindsets there, there's, um, behaviors there, you know, we can, we can make situations worse or we can make them better. The situation is what it is but we have choices. We have choices in our attitude. We have choices in our behavior. We have choices in our, um, our decisions, the way we react to things. And those are all under our control. There's a lot of things that are out of our control right now, but there are a lot of things that are in our control and our choices and our behavior and decisions, um, is all under our control. And we can make the situation better when we harness those for the good in a healthy way. 25 episodes. We truly appreciate you for listening, for watching. Thank you. Do tell a friend. Your birthday month is over. Diva no more. (laughs) You're back to a regular citizen person. Uh, You can find us all over the place on uh, Instagram at Two Steps Ahead Podcast. My Instagram is at Edem Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. Your Instagram is? My Instagram is T-A-R-A-H-O-K-E. S-C-H-I-R-O, Tara Hoke Shiro. You can follow us on Instagram. You can follow, you can watch episodes on IGTV at our Two Steps Ahead podcast uh, Instagram page. YouTube, you can search the uh, videos, uh, Two Steps Ahead podcast. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartMedia, Stitcher, all the usual haunts. The best thing you can do is just go to Google and search Two Steps Ahead podcast in the in the search engine, TWO, Two Steps Ahead podcast, and we actually pop up there. Or you can use the Hey Google, Hey Surrey, Hey Alexa, play Two Steps Ahead podcast, and we pop up. Uh, Two Steps Ahead podcast, highline the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. Let yourself be great. Take your passion. Make it happen. Thank you for your support. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless. Thanks, guys. <laughs>